0: So today i talked to pierre chavignon it was a longer conversation than we normally have but i'd really encourage you to listen all the way through to the end there's some there's some really great takeaways some some brilliant stories and we learn a lot about i think the core of integrity um of this individual that how he's been able to shape his life through some of these lessons in philosophy and, and understanding people and communication, and and I really c- encourage you just to to take the time, just to to listen, and um, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. Welcome to CEO Reflex, and today I'm joined by Pierre Chavignon and we're going to be talking about what does leadership mean to me, and and Pierre, this is your your personal leadership philosophy, isn't it? Yeah, indeed, Tony. Well, good morning. And, uh, you
1: know, my, my personal leadership philosophy is really something that I've acquired over more than 30 years of experience. Big companies, small companies, um, NGOs, uh, you know, boards, non-exec work. And it's uh, like a, I just try to put it together, you know, in, in a way that we can communicate uh, to others and it can help others.
0: Now we we, we went through and we did a we did a podcast on this um, a little while ago. But the problem was that there were just you've got this you've got this incredible document that outlines the philosophy. And so I'd like today for us to go through each part of that and just just break down why why that's important and maybe some examples about how people could could utilize that in their lives. Sure. So, so I, I don't know where you want to start, but there, there are some pieces that are
1: very critical to the uh, development of your own values, for example, development of the okay. operating uh, principles and values of a company. So you, you tell me where you want uh, to start and, and we can dig in.
0: Well, I, I think I think the first bit, which is um, here, which is the first absolute rule of leadership, know yourself and self-awareness a lot of people say that how do you even get that yeah so, so the the first,
1: I, I think i mentioned that to you before but i, I will repeat it because it's really important yeah. is uh, the first time it occurred to me is when i did my first 360 and it was uh, i was 5 years in a, a large company job um, and then I didn't realize that there was a huge mismatch between what I thought I was and between what, uh, and what the others were looking at when they were looking at me, the reflection they had. It was a real disconnect, and and it opened my eyes to wow, you know, this is something that I need to address. However, I didn't have the right boss at that time, and so it took another two or three years before I could get a really good boss. Uh, we have very few of them, you know. You remember that. Uh, <laughs> and that really good boss opened my eyes and helped me start my leadership journey and the 360 was the beginning of know yourself then of course um, once you do that you understand the gap and once you understand the gap then you can start moving forward into uh, the journey and that journey includes doing some uh, either Myers-Briggs or whatever tool you use is doesn't matter at the end of the day the tool will help you understand who you are and um it's not perfect but it gives you a great indication and and things like um you know working under when you are under pressure for example they will really help you understand how you react when you are happy or when you are in a really good place they will also help you understand how you are and with that in mind then you can grow as a person you can grow as a professional and then you will explore additional ways of of improving personally understanding yourself personally Um, and maybe the last bit which is really critical is ask around you so 360 is usually done at work however your partner or your kids know you the best and and the kids have no filter (laughs) so ask your kids (laughs) what they think of you no sure i want to do that (laughs) and you will get (laughs) you will get the truth (laughs) without without filtering
0: I can't handle the trick Pierre um so another area especially when you're trying to um trying to be yourself is we we try and model other people and we look at people like you know I I look at you your incredible um expertise and skill and known you for a while now but then you try and be them and you can't be them so it's trying to find yourself but when you look at yourself and compare yourself to other people you're going okay well I don't have that skill so how do we how do we get that mismatch what do we do when we're starting that journey yeah so so really interesting comment uh because I I, you know
1: I I was trying to to reproduce one of my really good friends or my parents good friend that was uh, one of the head guy at Perrier and and I really loved him the way he was, the way, you know, he, his personality, he was with others, you know, the respect, all, all the good values that I knew were in me, I could see with him. And I was like, I want to be like him. But it doesn't work like that because you are yourself, right? <laughs> we are all different and you just have to accept who you are. And that's a huge piece of your personal development. Who you are mm-hmm. is, is a wonderful human being. Whatever happens, it's you, and and you need to grow and nurture who you are. You need to be at ease and at peace with yourself, and that's what the personal development and journey
0: does for you. So, <clears throat> when 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 we're on that journey, we, we all start that journey at the beginning, and and the, the work life balance area that you talk about, um, I'd really like to dig into that because when I was starting starting out and trying to pay a mortgage or back when people could afford mortgages when they were starting out. Um, but I didn't really have a lot of work like balance because I needed to just work to be able to survive. How do you mix that at the beginning of your career? So uh, you don't <laughs>
1: because <laughs> okay. I think, I think, Tony, you are one of many, <laughs> like, including me, where uh, yeah. when you are young, you don't have children. Uh, you may have a partner. Yeah. But you work your ass off, really. You worked very, very hard in order to get to a place. Uh, I, I think it's as as you grow, you discover what uh, work life balance is for you. Some people, and you know, I was talking to you know uh, someone who is uh, uh, you know very uh, like a leader in a in a you know high, high position in a big company a few days ago, and the guy said, "I am a work alcoholic, alcoholic, you know, work alcoholic. I, 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 I can't." Stop working, and and despite having a family, mm-hmm. kids, and so on. So that's his personality. My personality is very different. And as much as I enjoyed, you know, working in a great team of people, um, and and succeeding. At the same time, I also wanted to have a life with my family. I know the balance for me is very important the family life and, um, you know, a, a, and work. And so I decided to do a bit of a different journey when I started to move as a non exec because I wanted to work 50 50, 50% work, 50% passion, mm-hmm. family, uh, dog walking, winemaking, you know, whatever floats your boat, uh, golfing for some amazing
0: people. <laughs> or skiing. So so, so how, how you've got balance, is there another way to look at it? I mean, balance for, for, for you, is it also contrast? So it, 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 um, the, the goal of, for you for work life balance, what's the end goal for that? I,
1: I, I think what the end goal is choice. So it gives you the choice and the freedom okay. to decide what you want. So today, for example, you know, when people ask me what you do or what, what, what is the best part of your, of your life? So the best part of my life is I choose the people I work with. I mean, this is a top luxury. You don't have a better luxury than that in life. Choosing the people you work with makes, um, all that value based, you know, decision making, uh, connect. And, and so you choose the one person. So for example, I, I choose to work with, with you, Tony. So every day we talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I, li- I like that you do too and so there is that yeah, I, uh, al- I, al- I call that the alchemy alchemy w- between yeah. human beings this is critical and the value then then fits between the two otherwise uh, you disconnect and then you part
0: ways I I, I love that so it, it's it's about achieving freedom and whatever yes. freedom is for you that's what you do and I think that's probably why a few of the other points on here are about improving your skills um, stretching um, your ability to learn, etc. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? How does one do that? How would you ensure that you were learning the right skills? Are they right skills? I mean, just a, a little bit of um, yeah. info. Yeah,
1: that. I think, again, you're putting your finger. It's, it's a very important dis- you know, discussion. I, to me, it's a journey. And, and uh, yeah. I have met some people who already know when they're young, you know, what their passion is or what, uh, what they want to do in life. And, and, and they move on, you know, at 15, they make a decision and then they stay all their life. That's amazing. I was not like that. And like, like probably the majority of us, we, we uh, you know, we need to experiment. We need to understand. We need to grow. We need to meet amazing people. I, if you have the chance to meet a great boss, it will change your life. You know, so you need to, to have that journey. And then at some point, you realize what you want to do. It's, it's not something that comes up, you wake up in the morning and it happens. It's, it's a long, in my opinion, it's only my experience. It's, it's a long journey. And that journey at the end gives you, uh, suddenly you say, okay, now it's time to move. Um, and and that's what happened to me. And when I when I move, I want then to do something that is exactly what I want to do for me as a person, but also for the people around me and and what really you know drives my boat.
0: No, because I, I I I agree with that. I think the like I see it as waypoints, never a destination, but waypoints, and and they're fun things that I enjoy the act of getting there i don't know about you but when you mm-hmm. when you reach a company or you exit a company then suddenly you go okay um i'm bored now and it's not being bored or being interested or doing things that are fun for you uh, how how do you get past that first stage because my first part of my career was not fun the first year oh, horrible but how do you get past that how do you Get the fortitude to go. I don't don't want to do this or give up too soon. Yeah.
1: So so I'm I'm not sure. Again, it's it's the journey, and and it's there are some um, probably you know I can remember two or three bosses in my life that really made a difference. Yeah. But there are organizations like us, you know, like the COCF, where you meet uh, talented people around you, and then they help you shape. Uh, in in fact. Uh, a great example is the cocf story for me i was working for medtronic for 20 years uh, and then i moved to a startup and the reason i moved to that startup was because i was surrounded by entrepreneurs at cocf who helped me understand that there's a life outside large companies and so they helped me shape you know that decision making they helped me understand that uh, it's not the big wild world you know where you get uh, you, you don't understand anything. It's something that is can can be really interesting and feasible. And then I made the the decision to move into that startup thanks to their advice. And I remember talking to a number of people you know about moving when I was making the
0: decision and they really helped me make that call. That that's really interesting how, because you've got entrepreneurs or people who are working in corporates and entrepreneurs or people who, who like to build things or like to work outside of a corporate environment. How Do you know which person you are? Because there's no rights or wrongs. How do you figure that? How did you figure it out? I guess. So, so
1: what I can tell you is, I'm not a true entrepreneur in the sense of uh, I'm 15. <gasps> you're
0: fake, right? Get off this! <laughs> Get off the show! That's it. I'm, you're gone.
1: Like, <laughs> like in the sense of I'm 15 and I'm going to you know start selling uh, my house to somebody else and 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 or or anything I have in my hands you know to someone and and start you know being the serial entrepreneur that you, we, we, we know some of them, but I, yeah. I love entrepreneurship in a sense of, you know, creating ownership, um, uh, value creation, um, developing, uh, you know, innovation, especially in my field of health tech, it's really important to develop innovation to help patients. Um, you know, so I, I love that. And I, I really feel that I, I am an entrepreneur at heart. But I'm not a serial entrepreneur, so I, I don't know if it makes sense. you know I'm not someone who, who will just wake up in the morning and say, I, "I have a new venture in mind and And remember also in entrepreneurship, you have the people who can create startup companies, and then you have the people who can develop and scale up those companies. so i'm I'm the latter
0: that that's I, I love that point because there are a lot of people think that entrepreneurs are the the leader, the CEO, but a lot of the time. The entrepreneur is the ops or the finance or the legal person who then says, you know what, I'm going to support this person. And that that symbiosis between the drive and the solidity works really well. And, and I think you've got to have it. Or else, um, like a lot of CEOs would just go straight into the stratosphere and we'd just go pop. And a lot of ops people or people who are very safe won't push themselves. So there's that dynamicism between that. How do you know how far to push an entrepreneur or how far to push yourself out of your safety zone? Yeah. So, so I, I think
1: we are now connecting all the dots of our discussion since the beginning. Um, so what, you know, know yourself is critical for anybody, yeah. especially an entrepreneur who yeah. starts up because that, yeah. that phase of, uh, um, understanding yourself will help that person become the best CEO, or the best entrepreneur and know their skills, uh, their strengths, their weaknesses, and then decide, am I the best to be the CEO for the long term? For example, I am really good at starting up the company, but at some point I need to look at myself in the mirror and decide that I'm the best CTO or I'm the best uh, R&D guy, or I'm the best, uh, uh, innovation uh, guru, uh, but I'm not the CEO to take the company to the next step. So if you imagine that, if you understand that, how good the company that you are building will be.
0: So uh, given given that we've we've got that summary, how if we broke it down in you, you've you've kindly created a um, a list of these values? Are these something that we can share with our audience? Yeah, we can. Are we able to share these? Yeah. So that we're going to we're going to break down these and if you download the um, attachment there'll be linked down below you can follow along. So we start off by talking about leading by example. Actions speak louder than words, and you talk about pragmatic and informal, driven to win, and expect my direct reports to be strong business leaders, diverse group, complement each other, and be independent. Sounds like a big ask. It, it, it is a very big ask, and in
1: fact, it's a lot to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so pragmatic and informal. Really, um, what that, that what that truly means is, um, you know, you need to try things. You need to, you know, I I hate the structure of a hierarchy. It's important to have mm. leaders, and it's important to be structured as an organization. But you need you need to be able to speak to anyone in the organization and have those very pragmatic discussion. Pragmatic means trial. Uh, it means innovation. It means make mistakes uh it's fine mm-hmm. it's all that is absolutely fine the, the key is that we learn from it we we and then we develop a very strong
0: organization based on those learnings so so for you um if i can just i i know i'm interrupting i apologize what is the when do you know and how do you take that learning in is it just something that happens naturally or do you do anything to to solidify that learning where you go hang on a minute I'm not being driven to win, I, want, I, I need to change something. What, what do you do? Yeah, so Tony, I've learned uh, with age and
1: maturity, I guess, and experience that one of the key things in life is asking the right question and asking good questions. So by unpack, you, know, you can unpack the learning by asking the good questions that will really get the people to talk and discuss right. the learning. Once you you know once you can do that uh, with your organization and your people, you will see that uh, the learning happens naturally. It's it's you know you have done something, I've seen it. Now let me ask a question that kind of unpacks some of that knowledge or what you have learned. Um, we, you know, I'm sure you have seen that uh, a good
0: question can do so much good. I, I must admit, I, I I do I love um, now that we've moved into um, like agile and where people are talking about reflect, but reflect isn't a report. Cause uh, you know, a lot of people can't absorb that information effectively, but a conversation when you're talking about the problem and then going through, ah, yes, I learned that. And I learned that. So for, do you find that, do you learn through conversation or do you find that a lot of people learn through reading? Are there different aspects or do you adapt your style to different people? So, uh- I, I want to pick up on your word agility uh, after,
1: after, but first answer the question. Yeah. So um, you learn through different ways. And, and that's another thing that you learn also through your experience. P- people have different ways of learning. So I've seen people who learn by reading or by uh, reflecting. I've seen people who learn by uh, listening to podcasts. I've seen people who learn by doing. I've seen people who learn by drawing. I've seen people who learn... Uh, by colors, it's just amazing the different forms of learning. I, at the end, I really don't care how you learn. What's really important is that you learn. And what you are also unpacking, <laughs> very interesting, is a good leader is the one that will adapt to his team members. So you understand who the person in front of you is, and you adapt your question to that person's uh, personality and,
0: and, and, uh, and skills. Cool. So, so that's where we start off with the self-awareness, because only if you know yourself can you then have a fighting chance to understand how other people are different and then adapt it. I like that. So you wanted to move on to agility. Yes. How is that important to you? Agility is the number You are not going to believe this
1: because <laughs> this is the number one skill that you want in high performance and that you will find okay. in high performers. So, so I've I've looked, you know, because I was really interested in people development and, and creating a high performing team and so on. So who do I put in that team and how do I recognize the members? Agility yeah. is the one skill that you need. That's the one that goes across all the high performers. And and what is agility to you? It's being able to um just adapt to any situation. And being a very good listener, someone who really uh, intently listen and adapt to anything, is for me. You know, it's really a quick summary, of course, of, of agility. Um, but that's it's someone who can, uh, you know, adapting to anything means you can adapt to a situation of crisis. You can adapt to, uh, uh, you know, a positive situation. You can adapt to
0: anyone in your team. and and a lot of these issues are because we we sometimes get false messages don't we where you have to be rigid you have to follow the rules but then you need to break the rules and which rules do i break and if i'm too junior i break the rules i get fired if i'm senior i break the rules i'm seen as a um a genius because i broke the rules i mean it it, it's it seems to be amorphous so how how would how would our audiences maybe if some of them are into a new area and they don't know the rules and they don't know which ones to break or not or they're just starting their career how would you help them with that
1: so agility is exactly that i mean you adapt also to the uh, the, the rules <clears throat> when you come into a place where rules are important you adapt you listen you understand what's happening okay. and then once you understand what's happening in your surrounding then you can break
0: what you, whatever you want if you decide to do so Got it. And and I'm guessing this is that ties into the personal value. It's when we're talking about open, direct and honest, where you're open to those ideas. When you're having a conversation, you're open to changing yourself. Um, so that makes sense. And being customer and patient centric. So I get that. But companies have to make money, right? So how can you? How do you fix the two between the business and the customer? Yeah. So the the key is, of course, you know you
1: have a product. So in my world of health tech, what I see a lot, and something that maybe should, you know is kind of a, the wrong way of doing it, is that you <gasps> you have a genius who create who, who brings an idea to the table and says, "This is the best idea ever, and I'm going to change mm-hmm. healthcare." So, so with that, you go to the market, and you realize that <laughs> there is no place for it. Or there is a place, but uh, you sell st- three in the planet, and you can't uh, monetize it. So that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying bring your invention or innovation to the customer. For me, uh, it's pac- mostly patients or physicians. <laughs> and, and try and see what happens understand the reaction, look at the traction. Can you monetize? Can you have a business model that works? Is it going to really transform what uh, the physician is doing with that patient? Is it going to transform the patient's life positively? Once you understand that, then you can move forward with your idea, innovation, and business model. The, the, what I see too often is, from academic especially, is those ideas uh they think they are genius because they don't exist anywhere else but then there is a real mismatch you know with
0: what the market wants i mean that that's that product market fit and i think that's the the first and that must be difficult with in, in medtech is because you've got all of these rules to get through before you go oh that wasn't right and you've blown the money so how do you gauge specifically in those hard or the big barrier to entry environment. How do you break down that barrier?
1: Yeah, so, so again, it's really by talking to the, the end customer right away and, right. and trying to engage them as soon as possible. And then uh, you surround yourself with people who know. And I was just reading an article yesterday or the day before, but someone who is a VC in, in MedTech, and he says, I'm sh- just shocked to see how many pharma people you know think they know MedTech or biotech people. <laughs> and it's true. I mean we have we have a different world really there is a different world between pharma, biotech, medtech, health tech, and digital health. you know it's everything is has its own rules, and what's really important is you surround yourself with the people who have the knowledge,
0: not people who, who think they do <laughs> so, so, so these are smart women and men, right? <clears throat> Why do they think that what or, or maybe a better way to ask the question is what what advice would you have for people who maybe feel that they know a different area out of good reason but maybe don't actually know that area how would how would they figure that out ask a question or two and then you know (laughs) i mean it's it's
1: really easy to burst the bubble um at the end it's the difficulty for a ceo of young ceo of a uh, let's say academic startup is they can't do it because they don't know so you, again, you need to surround yourself with someone who has the knowledge yeah. of your market uh, and, and vertical, and then uh, work with them in order to build, you know, the right ecosystem around you. The, I, I like your comment about, uh, you know, you have to understand that it's it's not too late before it's too late, because otherwise you yeah. you waste all the money and then uh, uh, you know you you end up not having anything. Um, the, here, you know, the difficulty and the challenge of MedTech is the time it takes to go to market. And uh, it's often that you need to invest 50 to 100 million before you can get a product to the market. So you better have the right people around you and the right investors. Also very important, you know, the, the people who really understand the, uh, you know, the clinical journey, as well as uh, re- regulatory and reimbursement.
0: I mean, so, so we, then, we then talk about that tough love part and, and maybe that feedback that you're giving people, <clears throat> it's tough love. And so what's, what is tough love for you? How, do you? how do you know if it's too tough or not tough enough? Yeah. So uh, you don't.
1: The only way is to use the... Thanks for answering the question, yeah. Pierre. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the, the, my, my way of thinking, but the only way is to really look at the facts you see something yeah, happening okay. and then you give it back as a factual feedback and try to adapt if you know the person to their personality so that you don't mm-hmm. they don't take it the wrong way i let me give you an example i just saw uh, oh, my son was reading to me this morning it was very funny we have we <clears throat> have a, a good uh, good enough football club in our little village in uh, in switzerland and um, there is a one guy uh, who plays in the first team who is a former professional football player and uh, i i got to know him really well and i really like him he's an entrepreneur so he he's trying to build a company and he's also helping the team you know he's a great person to give feedback i've seen him give feedback to someone a player do you remember that football players have a big ego even at the low level uh, i've heard yeah. <laughs> in england no they don't have egos
0: at all. it's egoless spot. yeah right
1: <laughs> and so i saw him give feedback once to uh, this guy and he was amazing and, and here there is a story about the the coach so yeah. so the coach um, after the first uh, four months of championship has done reasonably well in terms of the points but apparently the players were not so happy so this guy with the former you know professional football player as is the captain of the team he has gathered the feedback from the team and he puts it to the yeah. coach and the coach instead oh, cool. of saying Thank you so much. You know, bless you. You know, it's, this is exactly what I needed to improve. Says you lost my trust. Uh, you are not captain anymore. That's the reaction of the guy. So, so this is the tough love. You know, he gives great comments, really specific, very practical, actionable. Um, for me, they are like a a blessing. And for this coach, he takes it as he criticized me. Uh, I don't like you know he shuts the door and so in life that's what you can do you know you you can listen or not and I thought that his feedback was very factual maybe the coach has a personality that doesn't accept that and maybe packaging it will have made a a big difference but uh, at the end of the day the guy is going to be fired the coach and uh, you know that's that's the end game Uh, so you can make or decide, at the end of
0: the day, what you do with the feedback. Now, so the, the thing that I have have struggled with in the past is if I disagree with someone, or maybe they're giving feedback in a certain way that's quite challenging, I tend to shut off. So what are your tools for for getting the lesson, but not getting upset or defensive?
1: So if if uh, I was giving you the feedback, for example, Tony, and I saw something, and and I see that you shut down because that's exactly, I mean, it's a really good example, but because that's exactly what happens in real life, yeah, yeah, then yeah. I will try to find a different question because it's a it's a different way of then trying to open up the mind of the the other person because what you saw was was clear, right? It's a fact. You give the fact the fact back to the person. But sometimes, as you say very well, they are not receptive, or for whatever reason, right? It could be home uh, playing tricks. It could be uh, that uh, they uh, they have not underst- understood the question. They do- have not understood the feedback. So you need to find a different way of asking the question and opening their mind. And once they realize what you are trying to say, then they are more open and they can move forward. And and you can have a, a smart discussion about really, and then they can. Once they ask you more questions about
0: clarifying, you're in a good place. So so it, it all kind of plays back to the beginning point, which is self-awareness, yeah. because unless I've got self-awareness, I'm not even going to be able to ask those questions mm-hmm. because I'm not going to see it. So, I mean, I suppose if, we, if someone's listening who doesn't see it, I mean, I don't know, could you say anything to help change them? Or is it just... They have to go on that journey first in which case i i don't know what what, what do you do I,
1: I again no right or wrong uh, you know it's it's just a matter of uh you know who is in front of you and uh what i'm trying to do uh when people you know in, in the time when people reported to me directly was uh trying to open the people to their skills yeah. and and what they have inside everyone has that's my opinion. Everyone has, is very wealthy, has a lot to offer. But many people don't know how to open the boxes or unpack the boxes in their personality or in the skill sets. And a good, really amazing. great boss is the one that will help through questioning, through understanding their personality, uh, through challenging, through pushing, depending on the person, to, and, and it will really create that environment where the person can flourish. I've I've seen it before.
0: So I'd love at this point to move on to your operating principles yep. because I love these. Yep. I love these. Always hire the best talent available. A passion to develop and coach talent, and consistently stretch people through achievable objectives and new experiences. So, when you hire the best people, does that necessarily necessarily mean the most expensive people? or what's your definition of the best people so the best people for me
1: they are the ones that can really help you go to the next level as an organization right Got it. and they can be much smarter than you or me <laughs> they can be the pe- <laughs> that's a low bar <laughs> pierre
0: that's low bar i'm just telling you <laughs>
1: they can be the ones that are the best uh recognized best on their field because, uh, you know, yeah. you can see that, you know, through your organizations and, and some of the yeah. competition. Um, they can be the people that have the highest potential, um, but you have to link their skills uh, and, and the achievements to the values. Never forget, right? The mm-hmm. link up.
0: Because you got the best people, maybe arrogant or yeah. maybe particularly nasty people and and I don't know I've read a whole bunch of things about saying if you have really good people if you have high performing teams don't like each other high performing teams like each other I mean how do you how do you create that
1: team yeah, the liking so liking is not what you're looking for you're looking for what's what I'm trying to highlight here like the tough love you know the honesty the directness yeah. the openness the fun that's that those things are what you're trying to create And so people can have a... They don't need to be friends at work, but they can have a a very serious discussion or, you know, especially when there is crisis because that always happens. You can have those discussions between uh, team members and and they can find a way to resolve, you know, whatever it is in in the middle.
0: So, So if you're in a team and people criticize with tough love, so you could call tough love as giving feedback that maybe the other person doesn't like. If they're not open, to that and you're not seeing it do you stick it out stuff it out or do you just move what what would you do
1: um so again it depends who is in front of me but imagine that it's a high performer that i i want to really develop in my team the way i will do it is try to find a different way to go around it i try to understand why are they reacting that way and let me find a different approach Uh, and maybe i leave it on, the you know, if it's really a negative discussion, okay. I leave it and then we take it on the next day. But we need to, you know, to blow the abscess. We really need to get okay. to a place where people understand what's happening and,
0: and, and there is peace. So, so I'm really interested, what are your top three leave it lines, if you don't mind sharing them with the world, when you know that someone is, it's a difficult situation, how do you leave it? i mean how do you end the conversation do you go mic drop or what do you do how do you end it <laughs> Le- leave a conversation is really about take, taking it to the next day <laughs> you don't leave the conversation yeah. you just say okay maybe it's not but, the right but, time but what do you say maybe it's not the right time but what do you say to what do you just say now isn't the right time yeah. for this conversation and then you leave what are your kind of how do you leave a conversation i'm just re- I'm just interested how- well, you leave a conversation. Ah, yeah, I, I see what you are trying to get to. So, so what you,
1: where do you leave a conversation is usually, usually an action. It's usually something, a commitment. So what? this is what I have seen. You know, that's okay. The fact this is okay. Have you seen it? Okay. Let's have a discussion. Um, person has the question you have a debate. And then at the end, so what are we going to do next? Or, what, you know, in that type of situation, what are you going to do differently? Or what what will be, um, you know, uh, how can I help you be a different person when that happens? Or...
0: Got it. So rather than leaving a vacuum where you're just going, look, I'm out of here. I'm not going to have this conversation. You go, right. Can we get back to this tomorrow when we can do X, Y, and Z? So you're actually um, projecting into the future and talking about what you might be able to do. Okay. I like that. I get yeah. it. I get it. Um.
1: So you can say no. I I think what's the key is really that it's the personal development piece, and it's the action right. action that you need to do in order to keep developing. And that's why, for example, I talk about um, you know stretch people, switch uh, you know different assignments, because that mm. that's what y- y- comfort zone is the worst. <laughs> you don't. <laughs>
0: I like my comfort zone.
1: It's comfy. <laughs> I'm going to take you out of your comfort zone soon. <laughs> so, so that's the worst thing, you know, in an organization. You don't want that. You want people who are always mm-hmm. learning and always uh, stretching each other and pushing the boundaries and innovating and asking questions or, or suggesting. You know, why can't
0: we do that? Okay, do it. You know. Yeah. So, so I, I get that in a mission-based mm-hmm. company or a startup, we can we can go over here and we're going over there and follow. We're going to do it, great, 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 all that kind of stuff. But if you are in a corporate environment where the stuff really doesn't change that often, mm-hmm. how do you keep stretching? H- how would you do that?
1: Well, in my organization, where you know where I had something like seven hundred people, we we would do that. Meaning, you always find a way to do it because you you don't care. At least for me. I, I didn't care uh, I, I was supported also by the top leaders but at the end even if you yeah, good to know, <laughs> yeah, good to know it helps but if even if there is someone who doesn't want it and I had that at the beginning of my journey I just tell, told right. them this is the way I'm going to do it if you don't like me you can fire me that's fine but I'm not going to change my way because <laughs> I think
0: this is the winning way So basically when everybody who you manage, you say, look, is it like a contract? You say, look, I'm going to push you as hard as you possibly can be pushed. And you know what? You tell me when you want me to stop. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I think that's a really nice way of doing
1: it. One thing Tony that um, I I want to pick up also on our conversation, which is very, Uh um, it's very borderline. So we, I, I think I gave you an example before about one of my team members who had the right values. And for four years, yeah. uh, he, was, he was a head of region, so very important in terms of revenue and leadership. You know, maybe a team of, I don't know, 150 or 200 people mm-hmm. with several countries under him. So, so very important person, right, in the organization and reporting directly to me. So the right values, and I really like the person. But after four years... I decided to get rid of him because the results were not as I expected. And the difficulty here is we are on a gray zone because you have the right person Mm. for the value, but he has not taken enough risk, (laughs) I guess, or pushed enough his teams or changed enough or just to do, you know, to see that the results were completely changed, like upward trajectory in terms of numbers. And, um, I, it was a very difficult conversation because I, I liked the guy and he was completely engaged with the organization. But I decided that, you know, we could not keep doing uh, with the results that we had.
0: How do you make the decision to move or to remove someone from the organization? So
1: exactly, good good question. So because this is exactly what I'm trying to explain here. So the the very easy one is when the values are not aligned right so I, I give you another example so in a in a previous organization I was um, I kind of replaced a, a lady who was very smart really amazingly smart and uh, she was still in my team but she didn't like the fact of course I was on top of her and she, she you know I really tried because she was so smart and i I liked her yeah. Uh, I tried to get her into a place where she could still feel belong you know belonging to the organization and creating value and working with everyone in a positive manner, and I could not get it uh, to a certain level, so I decided that uh, we needed to part ways and I, I think at the end it's better for 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 the two. It's better for the mm. the boss okay. of the organization, better for the person because they don't <laughs> feel good and and there is tension and, and so on. So that's the easy one because it's very clear yeah the, the difficult one is the one i described you know with my uh, regional manager which was uh which uh, who had the same values and was a really good team member and then i had to make that really difficult decision um you know i was really aligned with my hr person also and she said did you really want to yes because the results are not showing after four years it's... <clears throat> and and the other piece is all, all, all also uh, when you get rid of someone who is toxic, and that's not the case of that guy, yeah. in an organization, you see, uh, you always say, I should have done it earlier. I mean, I, I, you don't know mm-hmm. anyone who has, who has different comments. right? And because that toxic person will uh, uh, really impair the way you want to develop the organization. <clears throat> and I also had a boss, a great boss, one day who told me, think about how much time you spend with bad performers versus good performers. Yeah and yeah. and you know that in, in itself answers the question you spend much more time with a bad performer and someone toxic than with the good performer so so uh, of course you don't want to do that of course it's logical that you should spend
0: 80% of your time with your top people and, and and i think it's it's you know I, I, having moved organizations <clears throat> a few times whenever i've moved it's always ended up being a good thing for me And I, I have a personal belief that people don't want to be toxic. Like I don't, people don't go into work. I know I'm going to be toxic (laughs) and be angry and I'm going to be mean today because that's what I want to be. I mean, so I think that they get that way because of the structure around them. So sometimes a change can actually be really good for them. Obviously, I don't know in all cases, but I think that I know when I've been frustrated or upset, it's because it wasn't the right fit for me is that your is that your experience absolutely absolutely right okay.
1: and and in fact there is an additional point which is about the culture of the organization um okay. so when i started for example with boston scientific and uh, you know they acquired cameron house um so they put me in charge of the uh, of the business unit and then yeah. um i was shocked to hear all those guys that were reporting to me Saying, you know, um, they, they, they were coming to me with this problem and with the situation. Say, so ask me to make the decision. Mm-hmm. And, and every time yeah. I would say, guys, I pay you to make the decision. This is not the type of organization I want to develop where I am the bottleneck. I want everyone to make decision at every level of the organization. Everyone is a, has a leadership mm-hmm. capability to do it. And I, I spent time, you know, with another person, in fact, who was a head of marketing at that time, to spend to really think about you know what he was asking me and try to
0: change and he could not so we had to part ways that's interesting so making decisions can sometimes be when we move on to the next point which is priorities how do you know what a priority is so you hit numbers and overachieve develop a rm organization which is a what's an rm organization rhythm management so it's my world of course it's It's, uh, you know, Ah, (laughs) that's okay. No, I get it. Um, so drive change management, got it. And then focus on commercial excellence and develop new business skills. So why have you listed out those specific priorities? Yeah, because it's,
1: it's, um, i I think you're leading the conversation really well because it leads exactly in that sense (laughs) (laughs) so at the beginning you know yourself then you you know you create the values of the organization then Mm -hmm. you look at how you are going to lead and in which in where in which direction you're going to take the organization communicate it really clearly empower the people and once you have done all that then you have another piece which is um improving you know what you do at the sales level or at the commercial level so that's what i'm mm-hmm. really saying is uh make sure that you you think about uh once you have done all the good pieces of leadership well then how do you optimize your sales team how do you create a uh, sales recognition fun rewards um how do you stretch the targets how, you know and how do you build a good CRM system, you know, to ensure that you have the, all the good customer, uh, you know, experience and, 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 uh, and feedback. The, that's, that's what really what I'm saying. Is like, each and, step is important. Got,
0: got it. And, and, and how do you tie in priorities with purpose? Because the priorities are in some way synonymous with the purpose of the organization. How do you mix those two? Um, so, so,
1: yeah, I'm not sure to, how to answer this one. But priorities for me, uh, th- you have business priorities, uh, yeah. which are clear, right? It's your revenue targets. Mm-hmm. It's uh, where, where do you want to take the company uh, in the future? Yeah. And then you have the people uh, the people targets, uh, which are very yeah. critical. You know, in, in my world, I want to develop the organization. One of the most important thing, by the way, is I want to be able to hire the people in my team, in my direct team, because that that's, that's an incredible luxury I had, in fact, in entering Boston Scientific. Um, and that makes a huge difference uh, on, yeah. on, on how you achieve. So I'm, I'm not sure how to answer the, the purpose versus priority.
0: Okay, it's interesting. So for maybe if I if I put down an example, I would say is that you've got a priority to, to make numbers, but you also have a purpose is to make sure that you could make it as affordable or as available to as many people in the world as possible. Yeah those those things seem to be priorities do you ever mix those together the purpose and priorities or are they totally separate no they're not separate and and uh, especially in my world of healthcare you know we
1: really care about patients and we really care about uh, the human beings at the end of the equation because they will receive our product and they will be uh, impacted you know their families will be impacted but hopefully it's all positive it's You know, it's never 100% positive, but it's it's massively positive for their uh, quality of life, quantity of life, uh, Mm. and and for their families, because we care also about, you know, if it's if it's your son, for example, that needs a a pacemaker or something like that or a hip, uh, what you care about is that you, dad, and mom, and and brother and sisters, they also support, and so that's what we are really looking at. It's not only about revenue, it's really about taking
0: care of uh, the whole ecosystem. So, so I like that. I think a lot of people forget that, is that that's one of the, the major driving forces, why people do these things. Yeah. And, and it's really lovely to hear that, that, that that's an underlying purpose yeah. beyond everything you do. That's lovely. Thank you. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about <clears throat> the priorities of the team, but then we, we move into your expectations on the team, yeah. Do you want to talk through a little bit about what your expectations are? Yeah. So we talked about openness, collaboration, accountability, risk taking, leadership, winning, enjoying, clear mm. strategy, focus. Mm. You know, what a lot do you, Pierre? Flip your neck. Those are
1: they—they <laughs> they are in you, Tony. <laughs> you defied me in the first month. <laughs> they are in you and that's why uh, it's it's a long list but it's not so difficult to do <laughs>
0: okay.
1: so o- openness and collaboration uh you know if you st- if you start from the top of my list and again there is no uh here there is no priority i think it's they're all okay. that important openness collaboration i mean it's kind of clear right it's you i want an organization where people talk to each other openly and collaborate mm-hmm. so if you do, if you know something that I don't, then uh, share it with me in a way that I can learn or I can I can really take it on, and it will help me become a better human being or professional. Um, accountability ownership. So that's one of the big ones because I have seen, and I'm sure you have seen, so many organizations where people say it's not my fault. You know, we didn't reach the numbers. It's it has nothing to do so with and me. So
0: was meant to do that. Yeah. Yes, so, so and so was doing that. I didn't do it. Yeah. Not my fault. Don't look over here over there yeah. have
1: you seen the meetings where um one person is in charge of uh you know yeah. at least you think it's clear you know there is an objective and yeah. and then they come to the meeting and it's like nothing is done or
0: it's him who should be doing it hey come on you know you don't do that yeah. and, and it's really difficult because you don't know where the challenge is or where the issue is and i think that's the thing where you have silos or where people aren't working together and i think it comes from Um, it it kind of comes from the management. If managers um, create that or allow that to happen, and and this is why I love the reflect um, methodology is it's no blame. I don't care who did it. I don't care who, because we all have problems. We all make mistakes. It's part of being human. But I want to understand what the cause was, you know, the five whys, what went down to it. How do you foster that? in your teams. Yeah, that that takes time.
1: It really takes time and okay. it starts with you but it starts with your team. So what you want right. is your direct team. And sometimes I got frustrated, you know, with my direct team it's like guys, you know, we we know what to do. I mean, I love you too. I I love you all, <laughs> but you need to be more uh I don't know open with your teams or unlock their potential or be uh, uh be more in the questioning, you know, so, and 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 many times when you're under pressure, the uh the outcome is
0: oh I'm going to tell them what to do it, it's like human being how do you fight against that how do you fight against that because how do you craft that because you want to but the minute you tell people what to do you remove their agency to learn in my humble opinion anyway. exactly right and also I believe
1: that strongly and the difficulty is when you're under pressure. That's a, a lot of the reaction is, is exactly like that. And so what you need to do is keep developing yourself and, and with, with the help of your boss or, or, you know, or yourself when you realize what happens and understand that this is not the way to do it. If you really want to have the best of your team, keep telling them, you know, this is the direction and you are free to do
0: what you want to do to get there. And, and how do you, on a day-in, day-out basis or week-in, week-out basis, what what actions do you take to make that a reality? Again, it's the
1: tough love piece. If you see it, okay. you address it. Um, okay. If you challenge the people right away, when you, when you see that they are going down the route of, uh, uh, I tell you what to do, challenge it. Yeah. If you don't see it, it's not simple. Because you you see the result, which is not good, uh,
0: but it's it's very difficult to address if you don't see it. How do you pick it up in your managers um, so they're not replicating it in in their teams? How do you spot that? You see it if you know if it's happening in front of you, when they
1: talk to someone okay. when, when they send an email, you, you can really
0: see it, and then you pick, you it. pick it up with them so so you've got to be everywhere you've got to have eyes everywhere you've got to make sure that you are looking actively looking to find where there are areas for improvement and it could be that you know that manager isn't you know they, nobody sets out to be a tyrant or nobody sets out to be a micromanager or seagull manager or something like that but it, it just happens how when you see it what what would your conversation with them be like i'm just really interested in like actionable things that that people who are who 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 are listening and watching can can do
1: yeah so so when you see it you pick it up and say okay this is i've just seen this um and then you unpack it with the person so remember that I'm talking about, because this is the fine line. I'm talking about people I've already picked, right, in my team. So I believe that they yeah. are the right type of caliber, talents, agility, innovation, uh, you know, all the good things we talked about. And, and so it's, we are fine tuning. Here we are fine tuning. We are not, uh, it's not, it's not like the raw diamonds that you want to shape. You are fine tuning. And so we have already the trust. We have already the openness. We have already that direct, right? And so I can say, yeah. you know, Hey, uh, so-and-so, you know, I've just seen this. Do you realize the impact on your team?
0: You know, yeah. So, so you're, yeah, you're not looking at massive issues and and you just avoid. So yeah, it's really smart. You just avoid the issue by making sure you just pick your team and you never get those people in your team. Is that the kind of, is that the, the advice that you would give to people yeah. is sometimes you can't change people just stay away from them exactly that's the advice and yeah.
1: when, when you i've always given people the chance because that's my personality yeah. uh, so i yeah. give them the chance i i try to really help them uh, help them understand why i'm saying what i'm saying and what i see yeah. that is not working and the gap and when i see that they're not making the effort or or they probably are but they don't know how to do it or you know whatever it is at the end you know after three months or six months of that then I make the decision and and then you know that's the the same story as before
0: you always say oh I should have done this before (laughs) so so that that's a real making sure you got the right people on the bus making sure you've got the right people there and sometimes you're not there to fix people you can't fix people because you don't have time for that so it must be really tough for environments where you can't let people go. I mean, that must be horrific. Yeah,
1: no, it it is. It can be very difficult, and I've seen situations yeah. where, in some countries where I was working, like Germany or England or UK, very difficult to get rid of someone or France, and so you have to do it in a in a best possible way, and then tell them you know uh, as it is. But sometimes they return, you know they go against you you know and try to use every law in the book and i've yeah. seen some people who are that's all they do in life they just uh, get fired and then they go after you and the company and get money and keep doing it yeah
0: and and, and i think one of the things as well which is why um boards i mean we, we don't have time to talk about boards today but i'd love to yeah. is when boards fire toxic ceos because you know you can't where where you've got a toxic ceo then the board really has to step up and make sure they do it so but we won't we won't get into that whole mess there but we talk about expectations you have of yourself because this is a big ask you're asking a lot from other people and if you're asking a lot of other people then you the barrier or the bar for you must be really really high um you've got a lot in here how do you live up to that i mean without burning out yeah so uh I am at at ease or at
1: peace with myself. I don't know how you say that okay. best, uh, but I, I'm peace is like a yeah, Okay, okay. Yeah. so I'm I'm at peace with myself in a way that um, okay. I'm not going to work twenty four hours a day. I am mm-hmm. who you who I am, and uh, I know I have uh, you know shortfalls and shortcomings and so on at the same time what i i give to my team is really uh, lots of passion and open you know all the good things that we talked about and so i expect the team and and i know that it works because the team respond to that because it's a very personal my, my side of the equation where i'm strong is more the human side and that's what human beings are about right they love they love to have yeah. a boss that care for them and help them develop and become the best they can be and so on and that's what i can do best I I I don't want to be the jack of all trades. I'm not going to put all fingers in all the pies. That I really don't want to do, and that's why I can find that uh, balance,
0: you know, between um, work, I guess, and 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 the rest. I, I tell you, you said something there which which just really struck me, and it's something at the core of what I believe is that a, a manager or someone who is responsible for other people, their key job is to make them be the best they can be exactly i mean it it, it's it's utterly fundamental and and if that's what you're thinking about all the way down, and and even if you don't manage someone your responsibility is to make you the best you can be and then your role or the job you do the best that you can do it and then you're constantly striving so i see how I can see how all of these hang together, Pierre. It's like,
1: <laughs> 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 it's not just
0: a list. <laughs> Tony, what you just described is
1: exactly the philosophy of the collaboration of COCF. Why do we go to yeah. help people yes. that uh, we have nothing in yeah. common at the beginning? Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, the only thing we do is we want to go and support them in their personal development. And then you become yeah. friends with them, of course, after a while, but
0: that's a commitment. It, you're absolutely right and you and you learn from their journey and I think that's the most important thing that I I've felt about it is you learn the sorts of behaviors I mean I know from watching you the sorts of PA behaviors that I know how I've changed I'm not going to tell you (laughs) but um I have changed from 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 watching you and I go ah yeah that's really cool I'd like to embody that as a behavior and then and then you go, okay, yeah, I can see how that works. So, I mean, we, we've gone through a lot of this, but the one thing that I'm quite interested about, because you probably guessed one of the things I'm very keen on is when we've got one here, which is managing poor performance and trust. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that I, can't, I believe that people don't want to be, or aren't necessarily poor performance. There's situations or issues that happen to them yeah. that cause them to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. And finding the right role for them, the right company for them would enable them to say, I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it myself. How do you then manage that um, quote-unquote poor performance?
1: Yeah, so, so I mentioned that a bit before. It's really about yeah. uh, add- addressing it in, with empathy. You know, Make sure that you, um, you give them the chance. The, the key is really to give the feedback. Say, this is the yep. gap i have seen you know and those are the, the reasons why and give them the time so that's my belief right give them like three months or uh, you know sometimes six months for some um, and then see what happens help them if they need you know my, like I always say my door is open for you mm-hmm. you just tell me if you need something and then we can have a, a discussion but I, I also um, at the end you know you have to, to draw the conclusion you can't go forever and until they find their mojo right they need you need to that, that's always the uh, you know the, the leadership piece is when do you draw the line um, you give them the tools you give them uh, the freedom you give them yeah. uh, the support yeah. maybe you coach even sometimes for some yeah. people who yeah. you really think they can succeed um, and at the end it doesn't work you have to say goodbye and it's better for we, we said that before but it's really important mm-hmm. it's better for both it's better for the organization because the 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 team will will breathe better or have more oxygen and then it's better for the human being that is uh, going outside of the organization because they might find their
0: match or their fit yeah so it seems like you've got some pretty strong boundaries that that you work to um your non-negotiables and and one of those which Mm -hmm. i think is the core of this is there needs to be honesty from you but honesty from them as well and and not making excuses but if it's not my fault pierre i mean actually if it's not my fault then it's not an excuse it's just i didn't do it how do you draw the line between excuse and just telling the truth that somebody else screwed up so again it's impact you
1: know and packing the facts so uh you know give me the facts uh i i've rarely put I I have to put two people in the same room to have a debate on you know what who is wrong who is right you know at the end you have to leave the people do their job right and you can just yeah. say okay I, I see it but then you have to talk to each other you know it's if it's a if it's a personal problem between two people do it in in my personal experience I had um, one that got got to me because Uh, And and I don't have some, you know, I'm very resilient. So it's usually it's hard to get, (laughs) to get under my skin. Um, It was someone at parity with me, uh, a a lady who was fantastic expert at uh, reimbursement and, and some of the things that are very critical in our business. And yet I could not get a level playing field with her of understanding each other and, and finding a common way to work together. It was very challenging. And, I was really battering myself, like you know, how is that possible? That I, you know, with everything I know, I cannot find a way to be reasonable in our discussion. It was always like uh, it could not work, and so I'm I'm not sure at the end. You know, I I think today I I will be a better person to talk to or to to move forward with that kind of person. I think it's really you can make mistakes and you are not perfect and uh, that's how it is. And and you have to accept sometimes that it doesn't work with some people.
0: I, I think, I think that's very brave. I think one of the, the key thing, I'm brave of you to say as well, I think one of the key things is just having that experience, just putting yourself out there, putting yourself into these tough situations, putting yourselves into these uncomfortable situations that we don't always want. And every time I've done that, it's taken a while but i've gone okay so there's a silver lining here there's there's some there's some good as well as some bad and then you build that up so i think experience is is vital in those areas and experience doesn't mean age you can put yourself into tough situations every single day and gain experience very quickly and i i think that the two are separate so how do you put yourself into tough and difficult situations so you can get some of this learning Pierre? <laughs> <laughs> no no i, I do and I, I, you know I'm, I'm trying to be humble about the
1: whole thing because um, sometimes you don't find the solution or the key But what I have done lately, uh, lately, you know, it has been uh, a journey with, in fact, thanks to uh, Woody at COCF, uh, we have worked a lot on ourselves. So it's how do you um, take a step away from the emergency? How do you, we call that the grab in our discussions, but how do you take a step away from uh, something that is annoying And, and take a step back? So it's usually by, breathing or by, you know, by being aware of what's happening. And then it makes you think on how you're going to address it instead of like you react right away and then you become aggressive and it doesn't work. And so that has really helped me a lot in terms of, okay, I see something that I don't like, but give me a minute, you know, to regroup, think about it, maybe uh, put my body into the right place physically,
0: mentally, and then address it. No, I know that there's one thing I I, I can't remember who it is, but um, one of the things I do with that is I say, that's interesting. Can you explain why you said that? Or that's interesting. Can you explain um, what that means to you? And just having that separation because you're acknowledging the other person because people will generally only be either aggressive or angry because they feel justified in that. So There's got to be something, there's got to be a reason behind them saying that. And there's, you know, there's other issues going on. But generally, I think that being listened to and being heard, because, you know, I've been on phone calls where I've waited two hours and I've been cut off and I've phoned back and I've lost it. And you sit there going, I'm a calm person. How did I lose it after waiting on this call or, or having a problem? So we all get to that situation. How do you personally prevent yourself from getting to that point. Yeah. So so today is different from the past. And I've learned a lot,
1: in fact, in the last two years. So maybe another element is always learning, right? Always be open to new ideas. And um, it's really about breathing for me. It's about uh, putting myself in a oh, space okay. where, you know, I can I can be, you know I can, you know, I can throw it in front of you, but it's really about standing up straight, making sure that you, you have a deep breathing exercise, you know, through your navel. Uh, for three or four deep breaths and that resets completely okay. your body and your brain. It's just amazing, Tony, how it works and and that has really helped me address a number of uh, scenarios that I would have uh, with my Latin blood, you know I would have jumped on uh, in the past.
0: so so you give yourself a quick reboot. Clear out the memory, exactly. and then you start again. I love exactly. that. <laughs> for now, now, when I started my career, it was reboot it'll fix it. Now I have to reboot myself. That's okay. <laughs> so, a great way to put it. Um, <laughs> so, when we're looking at this, so what are the kind of key lessons? What if we were to summarize this this, this wonderful conversation? What are the takeaways that you would? How would you summarize this?
1: So the takeaways, um, again, it's a bit back to one of our previous uh, comments. It's, it's, uh, start with know yourself. Really, <laughs> the, the, you know, this is, there is nothing more important than knowing yourself, knowing your gaps, the strengths, the weakness that you have and, and work on them. Surround yourself, you know, with the right quality people, um, because that will really make a huge difference. Then, um, whatever you do, you know, start up, large companies um once you have your team together and 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 you understand who you need then make sure that you have clear objectives clear views on how to achieve your uh, whatever you want to achieve then you have to establish who you are as a person uh, personal values Mm -hmm. and then organizational values try ideally they match that will be uh, useful and then you uh from there you move forward um and then you will learn all your life of course and and you will make sure that you keep developing the people you work with because that's the most important at the end and and remember that the biggest freedom
0: is about choosing the people you work with so interesting and what would you say if someone was to do just one thing or if you want more in the next 24 hours, what would they actually do? What would you recommend they do? Um, Yeah, in the next 24 hours, it's (laughs) uh, ask
1: questions or try to think about questions, because that's something you can do now or today or tonight uh, that will unpack some of the challenges you are facing. Unpacked with the other person or with the organization or with your family anyone that surrounds you closely, uh, try to think about those questions because they will make a huge difference uh, in your outcome.
0: Pierre, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. There's so much in here. Um, again, thank you for your time. And um, I'd love to have you back to maybe talk about um, boards or, or other areas or maybe dig deep into some actual actions that people could talk about to do with these because we 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 talked about the philosophy but sometimes i'm a kind of doer i need a kind of list of things that i can do you know the seven habits was great for me because i've then got and they turned it to 52 cards it's meant to be seven but okay (laughs) but i would love to to kind of break those down so we could just understand how people can take those and action as would that be possible at some point sure
1: the sure i think the, the board as they could could be really interesting the actions they are more um
0: individual to me but uh, you know we can we can discuss okay thank you pierre thank you so much and thank you everybody for listening